Welcome to Radicalized Truth Survives. Uh, I'm Heidi Kuda. I'm here with Jim Stewartson, High Fidelity, and Sean Connor. Uh, we are an investigative show on disinformation. We believe exposing the perpetrators of disinformation during a time of mass deception is civic duty. And we want to thank our patrons who help uh, support us as we do what we feel is very vital work. You guys matter. Thank you so very much. Uh, just a couple quick uh, items of housekeeping before we jump into the show. We had an incredible um, hi-fi dissection of Give, Send, Go data, data on Thursday's Rad, Pod, and Chill episode, uh, the recap of episode, episode 13. So please do take the time to watch it. It's a half hour, it's pretty dense, but it's very, very important. And the news that Hi-Fi broke on our show uh, is now being broken on other shows. He's been um, interviewed by various reporters throughout the country. Uh, so please do check that out. Um, we like sharing the news we break, because again, we view this work as civic duty. And I also have one correction from uh, Rad, Pod, and Chill from Thursday night. That's our uh, weekly live stream. Uh, I told a should night story backwards. <laughs> Ice-T, a.k.a. Tracy, told his first wife, Darlene Ortiz, upon learning that she was dancing with Suge at the Roxbury back in the 90s, uh, that that was cool, but to not stand near him or next to him in the valet parking line just as a precaution, which, of course, turned out to be profoundly wise words uh, as like a week or so later, somebody near should got their thumb blown off. So <laughs> now that we've cleared up, now that we've cleared up my false flashback, which, you know, is bound to happen. Yes. Speaking of Suge Knight, uh, his lawyer uh, is now disbarred from practicing <gasps> in the state of California uh, for messing with witnesses. I just saw that today. That's interesting. Well, you know, there's a lot of um, disbarring and suspending of lawyer licenses going on in this world that we uncover, uh, Rudy Giuliani being one of them. Um, and we there think that's fair. There needs to be very, some more, too. Yeah. Sydney Powell, Ellen Wood. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. moving on. Yeah, moving, moving on. on. Anyway, so that is uh, just a couple uh, little uh, business items I wanted to address before we jump in. Uh, and also, Connor, do we yes. have our patron Zoom set up for those who have supported our work? We're going to have a little Zoom party. Sure do. Yeah, <clears throat> it's um, this coming Tuesday at uh, 8 p.m. Central. So everyone should have gotten an invite. They'll send it out again. Uh, okay. Tomorrow. Fantastic. Well, I'm so excited to meet those who are supporting us. Um, as I said, you guys matter. Uh, it's very meaningful to us. All right. So um, we're super excited. We have an incredible guest, Michael McKay. He not only knows a lot about uh, Ukraine and the uh, various activities that are occurring there and the threats that they are facing, as well as the very important day in history of the country today. Uh, but he also uh, is one of my favorite people to follow on Twitter. He's like a one-man news dispatch on disinformation uh, and, you know, uh, uh, exposing Putin's nefarious active measures. And he's particularly one of my favorite people because he was the first person who, in a response to me, called Trump a fake rich guy. And I think it's those kinds of words and high concept 
you know, phrases that are what we need to get better at as we fight this disinformation war and expose the perpetrators. Okay, so with that, let's jump right into word phrase of the week, Hi-Fi. All right, so our word phrase of the week this week is sextortion. Mm -hmm. And the reason I bring that up, well, let me give you a definition. Uh, it is the practice of blackmailing someone by threatening to reveal evidence of their sexual activity, right? And this could be, uh, you know, such a thing like revenge porn. Uh, you know, there's a lot of men in trouble for releasing nude photographs of their exes. Uh, there was a GOP political candidate who took uh, nude photographs uh, non-consensually of a woman he was having an affair with in the hopes that he could blackmail her into not revealing the affair. Um, and then we reach people like Jeffrey Epstein, who, as we all know, had cameras, video recordings all around his house, a harem of uh, extorted young women uh, that he was sexually abusing, and he used them to uh, sex sort, well, let's just say Prince Andrew just settled uh, with Virginia Jeffrey yes. for 12 million pounds, which is $16 million, mm -hmm. um, which leads me to question, where is he getting that money? Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's our word phrase of the week, sextortion. It's a word you should know. And I think it's something we're going to be coming back to. And Jim, you have something to say on that, don't you? Do I? Yeah, something related to PSYOPs, <laughs> PSY group maybe? Group, oh, yeah. yes. Oh, that's right. Uh, yeah. So, uh, sorry about that. I, I <laughs> spaced. So at the, at the Republican National Committee, at the, uh, at the Republican National Convention, yes. sorry, in 2016, um, there was a group called Group in charge of surveillance of the attendees, of the Republican attendees. Group is infamously a psyops organization that does an enormous amount of harm did it did an enormous amount of harm on social media specifically uh where they would they would set people up they'd set up larps and and um go and attack people so this group also set up at um at the RNC to surveil the um, uh, members of the RNC, and uh, it is it is my speculation, and I think very well founded, um, that there was a lot of sextortion that went on uh, at the RNC, which is why you know you see some of the fawning fealty and you know um, feckless you know, despicable behavior from some of these Republican politicians Yes, um, who have clearly uh, things to hide. I mean, so... Well, what better um, example You know, there are some Lindsey of them Graham. where we pretty much know who, what... And, you know, their, their orientation, things like that. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. and one thing, like, we, we really need to mention is... I. I live in Cleveland. This didn't get a lot of national reporting, but there was a massive influx of prostitutes to Cleveland during the RNC. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It was uh, of of all genders, genders and sizes. Yeah, you name it. Uh, any any proclivity you you're interested in. Yeah, I mean, it was really you know like you remember like Richard Spencer was there, and there was just like a 
just just a, a white supremacist heyday. Um, and it also happened to have, you know, all the, the best PSYOPs people on planet Earth um, in attendance. Thank you for that. I always, ref you know, you mentioned fawning fealty, you know, feckless behavior. And I always think about, you know, we know that Lindsey Graham was hacked by the Russians, just as the DNC, you know, the DNC was. Um, and his behavior changed from, you know, aggressively anti-Trump to fawning and continues to golf. this day. One yeah. golf trip. Yeah. So I, and I know this is not on the same level as what you guys are talking about, but I'm still in shock over that Channel 4 undercover video revealing Cambridge Analytica and Al Alexander Nix and how they had no trouble talking about their honeypot schemes and entrapping people into these you know, it, was, it was all part of the same op. It was Cambridge Analytica, Psy Group, yeah. um, Steve Bannon, Eric Prince. Yeah. They were all working together on, on you know, in this whole thing. And I'm going to go into some of that in Hellscape. Great. Uh, the last thing I want to say is when we talk about these things, the enormity of the amount of women and young girls who have been harmed by all of these operations. You, you know that I've always believed so much of the pain that we're living through as part of a transnational human trafficking mob and everything points to Cyprus and it's all interconnected. And I think about people that I've known in my own personal life who, for example, you're a model, a young teenage girl from say, Kiev and you are invited to come to America to be, let's say, a perfume model. Only you arrive here, you're thrown into a room with 30 other girls and suddenly you are servicing oligarchs. And that happens and is continuing to happen. And I know we're gonna talk about this, but some of these modeling agencies sure seem to be covered for this type of uh, criminal activity. So uh, let's move on. Yeah, like 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 the modeling agency owned by the guy who just hanged himself in. Well, let's, let's uh, yeah. Let's, let's talk about why that. It matters. Yes, that's exactly where I was going. Let's get to why it matters. Thank you guys. That was daunting but important. Why does it matter? Why does it matter? Why high fidelity? All right. Why does it matter? First story this week, Give, Send, Gone. Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, what does that mean? So as, as you know, as we discussed in our, our live stream, um, you know, they've raised $9.7 million for the Ottawa truckers. However, the Canadian government has declared uh, the Emergencies Act, and they are seizing bank accounts of people associated with that fundraiser. So the money is freezing, which is good because if you watched our live stream, you'd see that I think it's money laundering. Um, Do we have a little tiny clip from that to show? We have a little short example from our live stream. Can we see that for anybody who didn't see the episode? Please, please watch it. It's one yeah. hour of the time. There's a lot of jokes involved. All the, all the patriots out there. I'm, I'm Actually, sure. a, a time progression of the dollar amount whilst also showing the dispersion of the donations by dollar amount would give you a pretty idea where the jumps are and where the fakes are. Does that have stamps? 
not to. Uh, not it does to have times, and that's what I want to point out on this slide Ooh. right here. Sixteen donations, all with the same email address. Fifteen names, sixteen different zip codes. Eight Canadian, eight US. One thousand forty-nine dollars in donations, and the donation credit card types: two American Express, six Visa credit, three Visa debit, and four Mastercard credit. And again, we have our random. So so sus, sus, goofy, and weird. Yeah, I mean, the, the only way you're going to find out if this is real or not is to track down the cards, track down the names on the cards, and contact the people, not through the email address that Give, Send, Go gave you, but through the information on file with the credit card company to see if that is a legitimate transaction. And I think they're going to find that some of those transactions are not, in fact, legitimate. They can't uh, be. You yeah, can't well, have 16 credit cards on one email address, or maybe you it, could, but not 16 actual email addresses and not 16 different cards. I mean, I've yeah. got a couple of credit cards and, and bank cards, but I don't have 16. It'd be strange. And, and, you, yeah. and if you did, you wouldn't have 16 different names and addresses. No, <laughs> no, they'd all be under one name. Um, yeah. Uh, the other thing that I want to bring up about Give, Send, Go. Uh, in the code release, uh, they're looking at taking crypto in the future. Mm -hmm. And the Canadian government has contacted a number of uh, crypto, uh, I guess you call them exchanges online, <clears throat> saying, uh, yeah, we need you to freeze that. And the crypto exchanges have replied with, yeah, fuck you. Wow. Well, so I, that's you know, going to be interesting. That's, I mean, this that, to me that, that's is economic fight. war. Yeah. That is the that is the important fight. Like they yeah. they crypto has been set up intentionally to yeah. be able to hide transactions, right? Like all these all these influencers and social media trolls and all these idiots who are getting paid, they're just getting paid in crypto, and you know, just transfer some shit on some random like coin somewhere and it's immediately laundered no one ever has to know well i just reread dave's troy original uh th thread on this subject from a year ago it really holds up his predictions seem to be uh, glaringly true um and and shout out to our friend dave who launched his podcast today based on some of the stuff that he's been doing the more the merrier so hell yes well well done I, dave. i'll be watching that yeah, well yeah. done, Dave. I'm so proud of him. Um, uh, I just blanked. What's my second story, Sean? Your second out. story is Model yeah. Mayhem. Model, Model Mayhem. Thank you. Wow. A little bit. Yeah. Okay. That's why I blanked on it because this one's ugly. This one's I really it, ugly. Yeah, exactly. Do it fast, then. All right. Uh, basically, what happened was a man who ran a modeling company uh, who was accused of drugging models, raping models, and providing models, you know, basically young Eastern European women and young women from all over the, the world uh, to Jeffrey Epstein. His name is Jean-Luc Brunel. And Jean-Luc Brunel was found hanged uh, in his prison cell in France as he was awaiting trial. 75 reason, years old. 75 yeah. years old. Well, here's the interesting thing about Jean-Luc Brunel's being found hanging. Uh, they found him between checks, and uh, the cameras in his wing of the prison 
weren't working that day. Damn it! I hate when that happens. Why, why does that sound familiar, Epstein? What? <laughs> Sounds familiar. And, and actually, I need to point something out here. There, there are three deaths that are very, very important. One is John McAfee. John McAfee was hooked into technology. He was hooked into crypto. He was hooked into criminal activity. He was found hanged in a prison cell. Jeffrey Epstein was tied into criminal activity, financial uh, criminal activity, sextortion. He was found hanged in his jail cell. Jean-Luc Brunel, uh, sexual activity, criminal sextortion, providing you know young women to Epstein, found hanged in his prison cell. If you don't see a pattern, I don't know what to tell you. So that's that story. It, it, the, the the amazing pattern is all those all those pesky video cameras that just somehow just, stop just don't work. Mm-hmm. Uh, like oh oh uh, so so I would like to say uh, to Mr. Paolo Zampoli, who also ran a modeling company. Oh yeah. Uh, make sure that the cameras work in your prison wing when you get arrested, bud. Well, yeah. I'd I'd like to also say the same for Donald fucking Trump. No, and, 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 and Trump models, agency. yeah. And, Trump, and, and, look, and, and, Trump and, models was just trafficking. T- can like, I just say? Can I just say on. about Trump models? There was an incredible investigation by uh, Mother Jones. At the very least, it was a Ponzi scheme. They would charge yeah. these girls rent to live, like you know, three to a room or however many to a room, and they were paying more rent out of the fees they were earning than it would have actually cost to go get themselves a little place. So. You know, um, in the, you know, Ruth ben you know, I, I love quoting Ruth. Ruth said something really brilliant this week again, and it's very simple. She said, I still can't believe that Donald Trump was president of the United States because he is a lifelong criminal. That's it. Yeah, that's he, a, he, he happens you know, to. That, that, that is the underlying mystery of all of this, right? Is he how happened, did that happen? Well, well we, know, we know how that happened. Uh, and I'm going to talk about that in a little bit. One thing that, I, you know, if you study his history, uh, they settle, his lawyers often settle on the courtroom steps. Uh, and one great example of that was Trump University. You know, the very first headline after he was installed with the help of the Russians into the presidency in 2016 was a $25 million settlement for Trump University, another Ponzi scheme. So, um, so yeah, I, uh, it's glaringly obvious to those of us who study and do this kind of work. And, uh, and, and one more thing I want to say about hi- Hi-Fi's Give, Send, Go, that kind of in-depth reporting and research, it doesn't happen by itself. That's a lot of man hours dedicated to this kind of work and this kind of civic duty. So I just want to say I appreciate you. I appreciate all the work you guys do. Oh, I'm, I'm still analyzing it, actually. And, <laughs> and I'm, I've, I've actually obtained some other data sets. I'm going to be looking for the same patterns in other fundraisers from Give, Send, Go, uh, because I think they have a, a history of doing this. Well, if anyone's going to prove it, it's going to be you. Okay, Hi-Fi, so you have one more item on why it matters. I think it has to do with Farewell France and something to do with Africa. Yes. Uh, so you know, in previous episodes, we talked about how Wagner uh, was in Mali. And, uh, sorry, Burkina Faso. And Wagner was in Mali also. 
when there was a coup in Burkina Faso, uh, mm-hmm. people in the streets were w- waving the Russian flag. It was obviously a psyop. Um, but now French troops have withdrawn from Mali. And uh, the reason this is important, Western Africa is very, very rich in minerals like phosphate, copper, iron, gold, diamonds, Uh, Mali, Burkina Faso, uh, so much so that the United States is now sending a a delegation to countries such as as Cote d'Ivoire and Liberia uh, to kind of shore up uh, support for America in that region of Africa. Um, this is big because it ties exploitation of mineral wealth to powers that don't necessarily exist in those countries naturally. And okay. what I mean by this is if you look at Myanmar, Eric Prince was working with a Chinese company in Myanmar to extract mineral wealth. At the same time, he was selling surveillance equipment to the Myanmar military, and suddenly there was a coup. Wagner was in uh, Wagner was in Mali. They were working with the military in Mali. They were extracting mineral wealth, and suddenly there was a coup. Mm. Same thing with Burkina Faso. Yeah. This is a this is a war for wealth, mm-hmm. amongst other things, and that's well, thank why this story you for, is important. It, it, your stories are all important, but thank you for bringing that up. There's a thread that Dave Troy led me to from a scholar who's pointing out that while we are all focused on what's happening in Ukraine, and it's very important that we are focused there, that Russia is moving in on Africa, whole just wholeheartedly like like that is something else that we really need to be paying attention to so i very well, if, much appreciate you bringing us these stories uh if we recall myanmar um was the the what the um person asked mike flynn about about that coup um, right. said you know should we have one of those here and mike flynn says yeah totally we should have one of yeah. those here yeah um, um Also, um, yeah, Mali is fully Eric Prince, and he's been infiltrating that for a decade. Um, And uh, same thing with Libya. Um, They're trying to take that whole thing over. Um, And Afghanistan has a trillion dollars in mineral assets. Um, So if you want to know why Eric Prince (laughs) is in Afghanistan, that's why he's in Afghanistan. Speaking of, speaking of Eric Prince and Blackwater and uh, Wagner and Molly, so Wagner actually pulled out of Molly. Uh, they are over in the Donbass region of Ukraine along with Eric Prince's Blackwater. They are mm-hmm. using private military contractors to run their psyops. Uh, some of the uh, shelling and uh, you know attacks on Russians uh, looks like they may have come from private mili- military contractors to give Putin a justification to invade Ukraine. And if anybody wants to look up a little more information on some of the backstory on these players, I refer you to the uh, Mueller indictments on the Russian troll operation run by Prigozhin, who also is involved in Wagner. And Prigozhin had a little uh, 
teenage prostitution stint, if I'm not uh, mistaken. So, you know, choir boys, once again, um, this is a show about disinformation and Pergozin and his cronies weigh heavily into that discussion. St. Petersburg yeah. troll operation. I've been, I've been restudying it and looking at the vast underground economy of trolling. And it is something that we have to address in this country and globally really fast, like, like yesterday. Um, well, thank you so much for that high five. Does anybody have anything else to add or can we move on to Sean's legal briefs? No. Let's do yeah. it. Brief legal briefs. <laughs> Brief legal briefs. <laughs> Love it. Love it, dude. Um, so this is just following up on the um, racial discrimination <clears throat> lawsuit against Tesla that was filed. Um, yeah. It looks like yesterday the California Department of Fair Employment and Housing joined the suit, which is very good news. So they, they've uh, joined the suit against Tesla for the horrific conditions um, and abuses that uh, mainly African-Americans had to endure while at the flagship Tesla plant in California. So and I just they, want to thank you for that. I want to reiterate that Elon Musk tweeted a Hitler meme this week. So I just, I just don't want that second, to be forgotten. One. Yeah, I don't want one. it to be forgotten because of a deletion. You know, that and, happens. And, and I want to reiterate that Elon Musk is a fucking problem. All right, moving on. <laughs> Every episode. Okay, all right, let's move on to Hellscape. Uh, we, uh, we have exactly a perfect amount of time to get through this, so let's do it. Jim Stewartson's Hellscape. Oh, fuck. There we go. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, fuck. Um, so I had a oh, fuck yesterday. Uh, when, <clears throat> pardon me, I saw a New York Times article um, that was literally disinformation. Like, like not even good disinformation. Pretty, pretty weak um, sauce, honestly. And it was printed in the New York Times as if uh, it, it, you know, not only held water, but was somehow to be believed. Um, and I would like to... Uh, disabuse as many people of that idea as possible and that's what this hellscape is all about um, so uh, as, a, as a bit of uh, uh, just preamble um, as most of you know I was uh, mass reported off of Twitter by bad actors um, and that uh, sucked because I had 45,000 tweets that I knew like the back of my hand you know it was part of my brain basically uh, and that was part of the reason they took it away is because I had a, threads about literally everything. Um, so, but what I, what I did recently was uh, start to rebuild um, uh, my kind of database, but I did it in a real database this time. Uh, so, Sean, if you can pull up uh, that screen, I'd appreciate it. Cool. So this is uh, one of uh, my databases. Um, this is this is of all of the people, not all of the people. There would this would will get much bigger, but it's a lot. The most important people who are who have been involved with 
um, you know, Flynn's entire operation from beginning to end. Um, so uh, I, I could tell stories about all of these people, but uh, just click on not Q real quick. So one person who's not on that fucking list is Paul Ferber, um, who is uh, a mentally ill uh, white nationalist in South Africa who is a Q follower, who is a one of the most, you know, voracious advocates of Q that there is, um, because he thinks it's real. Um, so click on it. Go ahead and click on Paul Ferber. The first one. So here's the here's the the, the front of the technology section with Paul Ferber's face. This guy is incapable of feeding himself, you know, honestly, much less being Q. He followed along with Q. Um, so uh, go to the next one. So here's where this is coming from. And I'm just going to be perfectly blunt. Um, disinformation actors uh, who are embedded on the left. So these guys um, uh, are not telling the truth and they're not telling the truth on purpose, putting aside all of my personal history of being abused by these people. Yes, high fact. Frederick Brennan. Uh, Frederick Brennan was a 4chan troll who started 8chan uh, and he was part of Gamergate. He is a caustic individual. He's, he's yes. Let's not get started. He wrote a he he wrote for the Daily Stormer for mm -hmm. pro eugenics. His lawyer was Mike Cernovich. Like whatever. Like the idea that anyone would would believe a thing this guy says is unbelievable. Much less the New York Times. The New York Times. Anyway, moving on. Uh, so here's from this story, and look who look who's being platformed as as the speaker of truth, um, Mr. Brennan, um, and and to to back up this idea that Paul Ferber, this mentally ill white supremacist who's a Q follower, um, uh, it, it's coming from Fred Brennan. It's coming from Mike Rothschild. It's coming from this part of the left that is trying to fool you into thinking that Ron Watkins is Q and now they're throwing Paul Ferber in to confuse you even more. Um, neither of them are Q. Um, moving on to the next one. Um, here's Paul Ferber in 2019 being super upset. This is an entire, if there's like 75 tweets showing how Q is now fake because he believes that Q is real. Next one. If anyone can point me at a single piece of hard intel dropped by Q recently, I will apologize and change my mind. This is 2020. Uh, you notice Big Dickinon? That's I tried not to. I tried that's, not to. That, that's the level of LARPing that this guy does. Okay. Is he, the idea that he's Q is silly. Here's, here's the reason why. I'll get to that in a second. Next one. Sorry, you had to see Big Dickinon again. Uh, you next know. One. It's the world. It's the world. Okay, so here's here's the 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 report that that they use to back up uh, this uh, the silliness. Um, so uh, up at the top, you've got this this multivariate analysis with 
numbers on the axes that are not labeled. Um, and then there's sort of, you know, blobs around two of them. Without getting too dorky, part of the variant analysis is time. You know, there's lots of things that went into this that could separate that data. Um, but here's the thing. At the bottom down there is actually a fairly accurate representation of what happened. Um, uh, and and uh, I, I can zoom on it somewhere else, but there are four distinct cues. It's not two. It's not two voices. There were dozens of people who wrote cue drops, but there were four distinct teams that wrote for cue. Next. Mm -hmm. Uh, oh boy. So anyway, a year after this, the, their initial thing, which just said, hey, it looks like there's kind of two groups of voices. Um, a year later, for some reason, they come out with these names. Um, let me be clear about something. Paul Ferber imitated Q for years. Big Dickinon is imitating Q in like stupid ways. That's the reason why his, his analysis lines up is because he imitated it for years afterwards. They are, they are matching against somebody who's imitating Q and pretending that means he's Q. It doesn't. It means he's a fan of Q, a super fan. Next. Uh, so down here at the bottom of one of the studies that's, that, that is um, mentioned by the New York Times, it, it says, oh, by the way, there's this other person that it could be who is Christina Urso. Christina Urso was one of the people who formed Patriot Soapbox with Jerome Corsi, uh, Mike Flynn's employee, Tracy Diaz, uh, and Coleman Rogers. They absolutely did write cue drops. Um, uh, Paul Ferber never did, um, but certainly Patriot Soapbox did. All right, let's go back. Now, wasn't, so, wasn't Tracy Beans uh, inauthentically amplified by the Internet Research Agency? Absolutely I mean, I, the case. No yeah. doubt about it. And she was deep in Pizzagate, by the way. So uh, here's, with here's, Jack Posobiec. Uh, so just scroll through these real quick. Just just kind of tool through them. So I will have see some two places. questions when you get a breather. What's that? I will have two questions when you get a breather. Keep going. Um, okay, cool. So now go to QLR. So now you're going to see a lot of the same faces. So keep going, scroll down, uh, a lot of same faces. Okay, so this these people are people who over time participated specifically in the creation of the QLARP or the posting of QDrops themselves. All right, go to actual Q. And I will pause here for a second, and Heidi, why don't you go ahead? Okay. My two questions are, number one, is this part of the vast underground disinformation economy? Are many of these people paid to do this type of work, this type of uh, uh, what, oh, what appears to be yes. criminal mind fucking? Okay, that's number 100%. one. hundred percent. No one's, no one's running a, a harmful LARP for five or six years for, for free. free. Okay. <laughs> okay. Because, you know, again, we're talking about there's there's a human cost to this. There's a human cost to this right. disinformation. People have so, murdered. They've showed up at an insurrection. And I just want to know if they're being paid because I think there has to be some. Uh, no, I, there's got to be criminal activity here. It's organized crime. Okay. Guys. Like, right. that's, it, this is organized crime. It is Thank a you. combination of 
ISIS and the mafia. That's what we have. Flynn and his allies are using ISIS radicalization techniques on Americans. That that that's what's going on. All right, Thank click you. on 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 Flynn. Thank you. Okay, so click on his on his stupid mug there. All right, so this is fucking Q. Look, there mm-hmm. there is no actual Q. It doesn't exist. It's a mm-hmm. LARP. It's pretend. Mm-hmm. Right? It's a character. It's like Bugs Bunny can be played by anyone who can do the voice. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. Um, but this is the guy who is behind it. So click next. Um, so look, <laughs> this is December 2015, uh, mm-hmm. right before Flynn started rallying his troops to uh, create psyops. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have the whole, this, this whole thing mapped out but really all you got to do is look at this he's got a thing in his ear because he's listening to russians Mm -hmm. in his fucking ear Mm -hmm. and when putin gave his speech he stood up uh Mm -hmm. on his feet he was the first one to his feet and there's jill stein in the corner who's also a russian op next thank you um, here's, uh, Mike Flynn with Jack Posobiec at the Republican National Committee. Uh, if you recall, we were talking about the Republican National Committee before where, um, side group, uh, was there along with Peter Thiel and Steve Bannon and Donald Trump and every single white supremacist troll hacker shithead you can. This was the convention, about. right? This was the convention. Yes, the Republican National Convention Thank in you. Cleveland. Thank and you. And this is where they came up with the idea and the plan for MAGA 3X. MAGA Thank 3X you. was a political action committee that was uh, that was formed in the months before the election that ran psyops that successfully shifted the election to Donald Trump. Next. Thank uh, so just to as a little a little data point, Phil Waldron is the guy who wrote the PowerPoint to steal the 2020 election. Right. This is his Facebook page the day before the 2016 election, pushing Mike Flynn, who used to be his boss in Afghanistan, uh, and pushing Pizzagate the day before the election. It's all the same players doing all the same shit. Next. Uh, he, so despite all this, despite Mike Flynn's obvious, clear Russian, like, you know, um, uh, friendliness and all the criminal psyops he was running on Americans, um, he ended up in the White House for a couple of Scaramucci's. Um, and there he is with uh, Steve Bannon, who also knew absolutely everything. Next. Um, so here's, uh, and I put in a couple other ones, Sean, um, here, here is a Q drop and I'm not going to go over this too much. Um, but, but it is not hidden here that this is literally just Flynn's agenda. It's Pizzagate. It's all of, of Flynn's exact same psyops just pushed through this LARP on 4chan. Um, uh, go to the next one. Um, so it's it's against Hillary, it's against Antifa, it's against the Muslim Brotherhood, it's against Soros, it's all the same, oh, shit. same shit. What does it say this, at, at the top? Um, you know, what is the one organization left that isn't corrupt? It's the military. Go to the next one. Um, who does he hate more than anyone on planet Earth? 
Robert Mueller because mm -hmm. Robert Mueller was putting him through the the ringer, right? Mm -hmm. um, he, this was literally when Flynn was getting pinched and had to confess. That's why Q's all pissed off about it. Go to the next one. Um, okay, so this this just uh, actually skip this uh, for the for the moment um, and just actually skip out of here. And now I'm just going to go through real quick kind of the actual evolution of Q. So here's Q1. Here are the four people, in addition to Mike Flynn, who actually were there on the Discord server and wrote the Q drops. It's Doug Stewart, um, who I've written a lot about on my Substack and mm -hmm. don't feel like getting into right now. <laughs> James Brower, click on that real quick. So James Brower admitted, admits everything. Just click on it. We're going to go through these real quick. Click on the first one. There we go. Um, so, so here's the guy. He lives in Rhode Island where Mike Flynn does. Um, uh, Groiper, white supremacist. Next. Uh, you see Tony Podesta there at the bottom. Uh, so Jordan Sather, who joined the Q team right after this video, by the way, um, said, hey, James Brower admitted it was him. Which is true. Go to go go next. Here's James Brower on November fourth, twenty seventeen. Um, literally six days after Q started, saying, "I hope you enjoyed the 4chan posts." Q. It. He's saying it like there's no reason why this guy would do this other than to put a marker down to limit his liability because he he wanted to take credit for it but he he didn't want to take credit for what was going to happen next next uh so james brower and microchip super good friends um so this one is important too the same day he admits he's q he wants to do a a, a new troll campaign um, saying white people are the real minorities, only 6.5% of the world population. James Brower says, awesome. Now everybody go do your job. That's what this is. Look very carefully at this. These are the two people who started Q going and pushing great replacement theory, neo-Nazi great replacement theory, six days after Q started. <coughs> Next. Here's James Brower talking to Microchip on Skype. Next. Um, and here's Jack Posobiec, uh, who who did a, a debunk of Q, where he pointed the finger at James Brower and Microchip, which is correct, although he didn't name Microchip, even though he knows exactly who Microchip is. Um, and he tried to play it off as if these people were no longer involved when, in fact, what happened was that's exactly when they did get involved again. So next. Um, and look, here's Microchip saying, I'm paid by Russia and China to bring the USA to its knees. Now, you could say he's joking. He isn't. He's not joking at all. He's telling the truth. Next. And here's James Rauer again, lives in Rhode Island, which is a very, very tiny state where Mike Flynn also lives. James Brower was in MAGA3, was one of the founders of MAGA3X. MAGA3X was Mike Flynn's PSYOP shop. Again, the PSYOP shop that ran all the, all the Hillary Clinton 
stuff. All right. Cool. Got out of here. All right. Um, so I'm not going to get into, um, you know, Defango, Microchip, and, and, and the rest, but in cute. But what happened is Microchip, James Brower, they left. They were like, on November 4th, that's what that Twitter uh thing was they left the server and a bunch of other idiots got involved got invited in mm -hmm. tracy tracy diaz patriot <clears throat> soapbox uh jordan sather ron watkins spicky frank bacon aka ty simpson um mm -hmm. thomas schoenberger they all got, came into this discord server and that's what what you know um happened after the first six days leading up to about the end of November. They they were all in there and they were doing cue drops and there was some, you know, some fighting around and they kind of fucked up here and there, but it was fairly consistent and they, they tried to do a good job. And then everything got all messed up. Um, and um, Tracy Diaz, Jerome Corsi, actually go to Q3, so around the middle of December, um, Tracy Diaz, Jerome Corsi, uh, Jordan Sather, uh, Dave Hayes, aka Praying Medic, Coleman Rogers, um, and a bunch of, of other people left 4chan and went to 8chan. That's when Ron Watkins got involved. Mm -hmm. He was he was hanging around. He was on the he was in the Discord. He was interested in it. But he, he was never queued before or after they moved to 8chan. What happened was there was a fight. There, were, there was a tussle between people who were trying to keep control of the QLARP. But Tracy Diaz, Jerome Corsi won out. They, they got it to 8chan, and Ron Watkins put his stamp on it. He said, uh, you know, because he's a dipshit, not because he's a mastermind, because mm -hmm. he's dumb. He said, it's only going to be on 8chan from, from this day forward, which, by the way, screwed them because it could, they couldn't put it anywhere else. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, Ron Watkins ran the website. He was in the meetings. He's in the DM rooms. Yeah. Not Q. Right. Never Q. Right. Next. Um, so without getting too much into it, uh, on August 8th, 2018, Q switched out ownership back to a lot of the same people that there were before. Um, uh, Jerome Corsi, Patriot Soapbox, Tracy Diaz, they got kicked out. They changed management in summer of 2018 back to some of these same guys. And that's a whole other story I will get into later. Um, but uh, go back to Flynn real quick and this will this will be the end. actual queue yeah there we go just click on him uh, go to that video at the end there so to give you a, an idea uh, uh, so not that one the other one that one so here's here's uh, August 2020 here's a bunch of um, trolls uh, and MAGA QAnon distributors talking about um, what they were going to put in Q drops. 
you see Ron Watkins there, you see Jim Watkins, but you also see Mike Flynn, you see this guy Jay Anon, you see a whole bunch of these guys talking about the stuff that um, Q is interested in. And at one point, and if you scroll a little bit further, you will see that Mike Flynn shows up and says, great job, everybody. Um, uh, you're doing, you're doing awesome. Uh, keep scrolling a little bit. It's in there. Keep, keep going. Uh, um, anyway, there's a, there's, there's a moment in there where you see Mike Flynn, uh, do the thumbs up and, uh, and give the American flag. Mm -hmm. Um, go to the next one. And this is final, final thing. Um, look. The very last cue drop was one of Mike Flynn's favorite songs by Twisted Sister mm -hmm. uh, called We're Not Gonna Take It. And it was a MAGA video with boat parades and all kinds mm -hmm. of shit, right? Mm -hmm. That was the very last cue drop, one of Mike Flynn's favorite songs. Now, um, in the video, there was a bunch of little clips, including a spe very specific clips of a road and things like that. Now, just kind of skip forward to um, later on. Now, this is Mike Flynn's video um, that he uses for his Reawaken America tour. Mm -hmm. it, that uses the same song. That uses mm -hmm. We're Not Gonna Take It by Twisted Sister mm -hmm. and after the the uh he's in one in, at the end of this clip um he says you know that's one of my favorite songs wink wink mm -hmm. he's taking credit for it he mm -hmm. wants everyone to know he's q if you go to his telegram feed all it is is basically q drops he's just doing it as himself mm -hmm. it's all anti-hillary it's pedophiles it's all the same shit that Q did. It's fucking Anthony Weiner. It's mm -hmm. it's promoting Jack Posobiec and Mike Cernovich. He's just going back to what he always was. Yeah. So listen, the idea, and get rid of this for a second, and then I'll, I will stop. The idea that this, that this QAnon victim, you know, Paul Ferber, who is no, no nobody to be, mom should be proud of don't mm -hmm. get me wrong but the idea that this guy created a psychological operation that is is destroying america from the inside out is absolutely fucking insane and the idea that the new york times would print that like incredulously is just astonishing to me so no paul ferber is not q and neither is ron Watkins. thank you end of hellscape Wow, Jim. You know, this is a show that exposes disinformation. And this is why we do this show. And before we invite our guest in, I have one question. Was the New York Times useful idiots? Uh, have you reached yeah. out to them? Okay, so we're going to slice this up and send it to the to the data team and the writers there and see what they can make of it. But, you know, again... I, I don't. I don't believe anybody at the New York Times is trying to cover up for Mike Flynn. Mm -hmm. What I think is that there are very, very clever disinformation actors mm -hmm. out there who can fool human beings like what? reporters, Have can been. fool human beings like editors. Mm -hmm. should well, that's that's one of the games that. that's played on 4chan. It's, mm -hmm. it's been played for years on 4chan. Mm -hmm. Is they plant fake stories to make mm -hmm. journalists look stupid. Mm -hmm. 
just so like just like the Soviet Union's been doing it forever, and it's coming from blue check marks. I saw some of the same people who attack me regularly, who attack you guys involved in this story. So uh, there's various levels of culpability, but we're gonna cut this up, send it to the New York Times, and see what they well, how mean, they let's respond. Let's be clear: those blue check marks are intentionally doing this. Yes, it yes, is yes. Intentional at yes. this point. Yes, yes. That's why I asked. Are these paid operatives? And clearly, yes. The I don't think the New York Times is. I think people who are pushing this right. disinformation at them are. Well, again, I want to point out to our patrons that the work that HiFi does on something like Give, Send, Go, where he's analyzing data sets, and the work that Jim puts into this, all these man hours, this is volunteer work. This is civic duty. It's why we do this show. And I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, overwhelmed um i'm just i'm i'm very grateful that the show exists and that's all i want to say um okay so i'm very grateful this show exists um for many reasons i just mentioned a couple but also because we got the greatest guests from around the world uh peter jukes from byline times my editor there tweeted this guy's work maybe a year ago when i started to read michael mckay our, our upcoming guest and I am so honored that he's joining us today. And Sean, I hope he's uh, on deck and ready to go. Yes. Um, oh, that's so wonderful. I can't wait to see his face. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm fans of these folks on Twitter and then I actually get to meet them when they come on the show. There you are. Oh my gosh. Hello. <sighs> How are you, Mr. McCoy? Yeah, me too. <laughs> Hi, I'm very well, thank you. Michael, pleased to see everybody. We are so happy Let's you're see. here because the platform's wonky and the Wi-Fi's wonky. The less you move, the probably the easier we'll be able to hear you. So if you freeze, you know, uh, it, no, I'll just explain to our audience, we, we have this issue periodically. So I just want to say, Dr. Michael McKay, PhD expert in Russian hybrid warfare, particularly interesting background, both as, a, as someone who really understands uh, all of the active measures and the various attacks that Ukraine has been dealing with, but you also happen to be living in Ottawa, Canada, which has been a you know in the news recently. So we have so many things that we want to ask of you. But the very first thing I'd like to ask of you, um, well, first, can you give our our viewers just a quick briefing on your background, better than I can do? Okay, sure. Um, you described me as an expert in uh, Russian uh, disinformation, hybrid warfare, and I have become that, but I didn't want to be. Um, my passion and interest is Ukraine. Um, and I've been involved with Ukraine since soon after independence. And I, I think of it as being involved in Ukraine's democratic renaissance, because yeah. this was and is a shining moment for Ukraine uh, since independence, which was uh, the modern one was in 1991, and the dissolution of the Soviet Union. And Ukraine actually reestablished its independence that it had briefly had in the early 20th century. Mm -hmm. It also established a long-standing democracy. And that was my interest in uh, Ukraine. And that's why I lived and worked there um, as a university lecturer, uh, director of an internet project because this was also early days of the World Wide Web and I saw that as an information technology that had the potential to be liberating 
we've seen the darker side of it, but certainly in the early years, it was mm. uh, this free and open medium that had tremendous promise, and certainly to the Ukrainians that I was introducing it to at the time. And also I've been to Ukraine several times as an international election observer, including at two very pivotal moments, uh, the Orange Revolution in 2004, and, uh, and oh, actually three moments, uh, the rise of uh, Yanukovych in 2010, and uh, uh, soon after the Revolution of Dignity and the, the Russia's invasion of Ukraine in 2014. So that's the point at which I became a reluctant expert in uh, Russian hybrid warfare and uh, so on, and a bit Thank of a, you. a military expert as well. Michael, today is a very important day in history uh, for Ukraine, and I know that because I read your Twitter feed. Can you tell our viewers why today is so important? Okay. Um, eight years ago, on February 20th, 2014, uh, two major events happened. The first was the Maidan massacre. Uh, this is when uh, President uh, Yanukovych uh, ordered snipers uh, to the central square in Kiev and they shot uh, more than a hundred uh, Ukrainians who were protesting uh, there. Um, within hours, because the protests did not break, uh, Yanukovych fled um, Kiev. And also on February 20th was the official start of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Uh, Putin took this moment to begin at first secretly, but he gave the orders to the Spetsnaz to begin their operation to seize uh, the regional parliament in Simferopol. This is the regional capital in Crimea. And a few days later, uh, news started around the world and people saw that as the little green men. But yeah. in fact, these were uh, special forces, and uh, uh, Putin actually gave the order on this day, uh, eight years old, eight years ago, and uh, gave a medal to his troops. And I put that on my Twitter feed and said, mm -hmm. "This is it." And uh, um, Ukrainians re recognize it, and uh, the Russians recognize it. But you know, this is when the invasion of Ukraine began, eight years ago. Thank you. And your Twitter feed reads like dispatches from the front. You daily are keeping people apprised of what's been happening um, in Ukraine. And, and what I also really appreciate about you is you cut through all the shit every day and you, in plain language, break down what's happening. And how is what has been happening in Ukraine since 2014 been a prelude to what we're seeing here in America? because you call every key event and you say this is just like what the Russians did on this date. Even with the insurrection, you said this is exactly like, you know, what happened on this date. Can you kind of give people your, you know, very focused view of how all of this has been kind of a prelude to what we're seeing here? Um, yeah, well, I guess maybe uh, the best way to describe that is a personal journey. When I first started seeing, this was around 2015, I saw this character, Donald Trump, being treated as a serious candidate uh, for the uh, leadership of the Republican Party. And I said, what's this all about? And, um, and then I heard his statements specifically about things like 
Crimea when he would say, oh, it's, it's Russian. And, uh, and then, uh, oh, and it's Europe's problem. And so on, I says, wait a minute, this is not something some TV celebrity uh, <laughs> uh, is going to say off the top of his head. And oh, that's boy. because I recognized right. it from what I was seeing and mm. reading every single day from mm. Russian channels and Russian uh, outlets and so on. Okay. Wow. Um, I have, uh, so um, we were talking about the, the Republican National Committee uh, Convention before. Um, at, the, at the RNC in 2016, the only thing that Donald Trump wanted, I'm sure you know this, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, the only thing that Donald Trump uh, decided to change about the platform was uh, to remove the the punishment against Russia if they invaded Ukraine, um, which, to yeah. your point, is not something Donald Trump gives a shit about. Mm -hmm. uh, it's what people, uh, you know, uh, influencing Donald Trump care about. Yeah, and you're right. That was the only resolution, and it was about Ukraine. And I thought people should wake up and say, this is not normal. This is not something that a, that a conventional American political party is going to say or do. Um, so I have been saying that Trump is a um, useful idiot, and that's mm -hmm. a, a term of art uh, used by uh, the Russians. Uh, mm -hmm. By the end of 2015, actually the summer of 2015, I was saying that. And mm -hmm. by the uh, early, uh, late winter in, in 2016, uh, when I saw that Manafort, was coming in. And I said, oh, well, this is the guy Putin assigned for Yanukovych. So mm -hmm. I said, oh, this whole Trump for president is a Russian-backed operation. Ah! Obviously, it has other influences and so on. But I said, okay, come on, you can't, uh, Manafort is what uh, the Russians call a, uh, uh, and actually the Ukrainians use this term more, a gray cardinal. Um, that's the term they use for Manafort, they, you know, so they're going back to someone like Robespierre, the cardinal in that sense, you know, the real power behind the throne. And they use the term gray because like everything about Russia, it's hidden, it's secret, it's uh, not the way it seems to be. So that was, so I said, okay, Manafort's a great cardinal. I knew what he had been doing in Ukraine, uh, active measures against Ukrainian democracy uh, since, 2005, when Putin assigned him to be the uh, uh, curator of Yanukovych. It's, it's you're, you know, I'm just sitting here overjoyed to hear these words that are direct and to the point. You know, that presidency was a Russian operation. Can we just hear it again? I mean, you know, it's just, we here see it, but it's so clouded by the, the disinformation and the, the endless flood of shit and the fog of unknowability and all those things that you know about. Um, but I'm so happy to hear you just mention Manafort right away, because of course that was one of the, you know, characters that I had hoped that you would bring up mm -hmm. in order to reveal just how much of a Russian operation the whole Trumplandia has been. Yeah, and I think the, the only reason why this was messed by so many people, and certainly by the mainstream media, and you were talking earlier about the blue checks, is uh, they weren't paying attention to Ukraine because they thought, oh, it's a small country and it doesn't matter. But they said, you should pay attention to Ukraine. When um, someone like um, 
Michael Flynn stands up and says, lock her up. And he's talking about Hillary Clinton. Mm-hmm. Well, this is exactly what Manafort had Yanukovych say and do in 2011 about against Yulia uh, Tymoshenko. Yep. It's, it is absolutely no different. It's the same language. It's the opponent in the presidential election, a woman, um, and it's lock her up. And we know Trump, if he could have, could have done it. Um, yeah. They're you know. still, they're still, they're still doing Hillary Clinton. They're, they're, re, they're regurgitating their greatest hits. You know, there was still a big Hillary bashing week. Thank you so much for saying that. We can't hear it enough that so much of this, so many of these phrases, the catchphrases pulled right from Manafort's work in Ukraine. Um, I do have a philosophical question for you because I think it probably is why you're so great at explaining this so clearly is you have a PhD in political philosophy from the London School of Economics. How has that helped you as you put your lens on these, you know, on these issues, on these active measures? I think it's helped me have more of a perspective about it that I'm not, I, I find that, for example, geopolitical thinking and great power struggle is a very limited point of view. Um, and it actually doesn't give very much insight um, or personality studies, you know, a psychological approach doesn't tell us as much as we can. But I look at it as an in a larger historical view. Um, you know, my work was focused on the broad sweep of history and uh, liberation. Um, and the counter to that has always been uh, various forms of domination uh, in, in, in our politics. And so being able to put this in a context, and I saw Russia's invasion of Ukraine, not in the way that is presented in the media, uh, uh, but I thought it as this is, this is imperialism, this is colonialism, this is um, something that has been with us since ancient times. Fascism. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's always fascism it's the is, power, right? is taking that kind of imperialism humans. and twisting it in a modern sense, and and adding yep. in technology, uh, like like mass media for propaganda. Mm. Um, but fascism is a form of tyranny, which mm-hmm. again has been with us since ancient times. Mm-hmm. So I think this has helped me put it into context. It's not me saying, "Oh, it was ever thus." Uh, it's it's just saying. Um, we need to not be surprised uh, at, at what we're seeing, and we should we should arm ourselves with uh, as much wisdom as we can gather. Well, we, we, we keep getting surprised, though. You know, I mean, I mean, we are just simply following step by step in the in Weimar Germany's uh, shadow, mm-hmm. step by step by step, and and we we simply cannot. Um, you know, remind people enough that this hap- this has happened before, and not only can it happen here, but it is. Um, yeah. I find and it's, it is because we're being attacked from all sides, and it's with all the details. And it's when we bog ourselves down in the details, that's where we can get lost. Exactly. Um, yeah. Agreed. Uh, so I got a, a couple different questions for you. Sure. Uh, how much do you think? Uh, you know, obviously Putin wants to take Ukraine because he wants the territory. But how much do you think that Putin needs to take Ukraine to get back some of his money? Like uh, we know Medvedchuk, who is a billionaire who is in jail right now, 
we know uh, Kozak, who runs TV stations that pump out propaganda. Uh, he's in big trouble. Kolomoisky, who uh, I don't know if you've seen the news, but Credit Suisse and Deutsche Bank are in a ton of trouble for money laundering right now. How much do you think this is Putin trying to get in there and grab his money before it's all taken away from him? Um, I think it's 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 useful to look at that, um, um, but I think it more motivates a lot of the people around him. Um, I I think his motivation is primarily what he set out in a kind of propaganda piece or manifesto, I guess is the right term, uh, uh, last year uh, on the historical unity of the Ukrainian and Russian people. I think he's much more of um, a, a chauvinist, really, uh, a Russian chauvinist, uh, mm. as much as he is a crime boss. But, um, you know, I think... Ukraine, Ukraine, uh, it's Russia as an empire that without mm -hmm. Ukraine ceases to exist. And that is, to me, the real threat. So um, you think Duganism and Eurasianism is what's driving him, the Moscow as a third Rome kind of thing? Uh, yes. I think he take things, takes things personally. Um, he's not a, as cold a calculator. Uh, he's certainly not a strategic genius at all. Uh, for example, he takes being driven out of Dresden in uh, 1989, uh, 1990, very personally, um, as a as a personal defeat, and revenge uh, is a big part of that. So yes, uh, Duganism, although he's not in, so influential now, and Putin does take the imperialists as kind of a fake opposition, but he really adopts their their credo. You know, this notion of Ruski Mir, Russian world, it's everywhere Russians are. You know, um, that to me is a motivator. Yes, he does need to secure his um, crime empire. And he would have liked to have had someone like Yanukovych stay in power because there'd be no need to invade Ukraine if uh, Ukraine remained as corrupt as it was under Yanukovych. Mm -hmm. um, he can do some things with uh, the oligarchs, especially Medvedchuk and uh, and uh, Firtash and the like. But uh, uh, I think there's enough other sources of his revenue, you know, um, that it's not substantial enough to for the great risk he's running. So we've got to say, why is he running this? Uh, a risk that is, frankly, a risk to his life. Mm -hmm. uh, um, it's got to be more than just money. Fair okay. Enough. Yeah. Power and rebuilding the Soviet Union. Oh, that was amazing. Um, if you want to, I think, to, uh, I ahead. just want to say one thing. I think what you said about the personal, uh, injury to his ego is really important. Um, and it, and it flows through a lot of these guys. Mike Flynn is a really good example of that as well. Mm. Um, he took being fired by Barack Obama, uh, being investigated by Hillary Clinton. He took all of those things incredibly personally. And, um, you know, it's, it, it really is a, 
a little boy kind of ego thing with a lot of these guys where, you know, they get an injury to their ego and they simply cannot stop attacking the person who injured them. It's like a, it's like an obsession or something. Mm -hmm. So I have a question about Belarus. Mm. Uh, so Putin has basically established an army in Belarus and Lukashenko is just rolling over for it. Now, Belarus borders Latvia, Lithuania, uh, NATO members. Yep. How severely should NATO take this presence of a Russian troops, Russian standing army in Belarus? Is, is this something that NATO really needs to worry about, considering we're looking at the start of World War III? Mm-hmm. They should treat it massively seriously. Okay. And they, they should treat the fact that Belarus is not actually an independent country. Uh, listen to what they're saying. They're talking about every, everything Lukashenko says. He now says the union state of Russia and Belarus. That is a fact. So mm-hmm. we're talking about one p- country. If, if it's from the context of Belarus, they use that language. If it's from Russia, they say the Russian Federation. But it is one thing. Putin's in charge. And... Lukashenko is now no different than Kadyrov, who's his uh, warlord in Chechnya. Um, So they're equivalent uh, figures. So you're absolutely right about what it puts on the border of NATO. I mean, uh, before this, it was, you know, a little bit of Estonia and a tiny bit of northern uh, Norway. And that's it in terms of land border. Now, three more countries, uh, Poland, uh, Lithuania, Latvia, with uh, major borders. And uh, I've uh, been across the border between uh, Belarus and uh, Latvia, and it's just, there is no natural barrier whatsoever, you know. They can uh, just roll right in, basically. Yes, yes. Yeah. And uh, those, those are relatively small countries, and uh, yeah, they should treat it extremely seriously. Thank you for that. We only have a couple more minutes. I have a couple quick questions that I think are important, certainly to me, based on your reporting. Uh, What is your greatest uh, frustration with reporting and disinformation that you're seeing regularly? Or, or, Or how can we make people more savvy to the massive disinformation efforts that are being waged daily? Okay. I think at the moment, the number one is the disinformation about talking about what we will do if Russia invades Ukraine. Russia has invaded Ukraine. They did invade Ukraine eight years ago. The nature of the invasion is not like we see in like old newsreels about uh, Nazi soldiers breaking through uh, the border in Poland and rolling in with tanks. It didn't look like that. Actually, it did a little bit, but we ignored it. <laughs> you know, there were tanks rolling across the border uh, in 2014, and we ignored it. So ignoring the invasion because it doesn't look quite like what we think it should is a huge mistake. The other one of my pet peeves is misinformation about describing the nature of that invasion. To talk about Crimea as only in the context of annexation, which is just some formal little decision that the Russian invaders and occupiers made. It's like the least interesting thing you could pick. And so, and that's what people talk about. 
and then to talk about the invasion in uh, the east of Ukraine as pro-Russian separatists. This is actually just false. Um, no, that is outright disinformation. It's not picking the wrong thing. It's just picking something that's false. Okay. Are Russian troops, but they're Russian colonial troops. So we have to have the concept of that. The officers are Russian. The command is Russian. The money, the weapons, the arms, the orders, everything about it is Russian. Focusing on who the soldiers are. Oh, they're mercenaries. They're from all over the place and they're local people who were constricting the army. That's always been true about imperial armies for hundreds and hundreds of years. Yeah. So it's, it's like the least important thing you could pick upon it. These are Russian soldiers and they are invading and they have been invading for eight years. So that is my pet peeve. That is incredible. I have two quick things and then we'll uh, let the guys wrap it up. You referred to Trump as a fake rich guy. Can I just hear a sentence on that? Because I think people are still very confused about him. Yeah. Um, yeah, they are confused about this, but you see this appearance of wealth and then you realize the substance of it is money laundering. And I think money launderers are, uh, are fake rich guys. Uh, it's other people's money. <laughs> Thank you. Um, you know, and I, and, and you, you, you folks probably know much more about the, the real estate deals, uh, you know, uh, we, we know of course, a, a great way to uh, buy money is to, you know, you know, buy a $1 million condo for $30 million cash, you know, great, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, and you just yeah. do it again and again and again, and yeah. you can appear to be a rich guy. So yeah, I, I've described that many times. And it's the same thing as Yanukovych. Yanukovych looked like a rich guy, but none of the money was his. It belonged to the Ukrainian people. <laughs> yes, thank you for that. That was, to me, I think our, our viewers need to hear that and then take it into their communities and make these things stick the way uh, disinformation's been sticking. Let's come up with messaging that'll stick, that's real information. Clearly, you are in a city that people have been seeing a lot from and from where we're sitting and the type of investigative work that we do, what what's happening, what's been happening in Ottawa, Canada with the trucker convoy looks a lot like an active measure. Uh, looks like it doesn't have much to do with uh, mandates and more to do with perhaps white supremacy. That's what we learned from one of our colleagues. You're in the city. Can you give us a statement about what you're seeing? Absolutely, it is an active measure. I'm in the city. In, in fact, I'm in the secured zone at the moment. A police operation started a couple days ago and there's a police uh, check block, um, a checkpoint just a couple blocks from me. Um, it is an active measure. If you look at the city of Ottawa, for example, our double vaccination rate is over 90% at the moment of everyone over 12 years old. I mean, try to get that pretty much anywhere else in the world. Wow. Um, can't get it here. There's there's yeah. no there's no actual law. People talk about mandates. There's just a regulation, and everyone is wearing their masks indoors. Uh, it's just the way it is, and people are happy with that. We're good with that. Um, we listen to our uh, public health officers and this kind of thing. So these yeah. people come in and they're saying things that are frankly alien. And then I realized 
it's nonsense. What they're saying is not important. It's what they're doing mm -hmm. and what they've been funded to do uh, mm -hmm. by foreign sources that mm -hmm. is the most important thing. You can mm -hmm. talk about vaccine mandates and all you want, but what you're really doing is honking horns, blocking traffic, stopping people from going to work, harassing businesses. Mm -hmm. and, I thought, and I described this as titushki, which is a wonderful term Ukrainians came up with for these organized rent-a-mobs who actually, they are useful idiots. They, they can believe all kinds of things and they can easily be manipulated to, to do these actions. But we should pay attention to what they're doing, not pay less attention to what they're saying because they can say all kinds of things. And most importantly, pay attention to the money um, and where it's coming from and what the funders really want. And that's the one thing I really appreciate the Canadian government for doing because they invoked a emergencies act, which in Canada is equivalent to uh, uh, what used to be uh, in the last century, the War Measures Act. Um, and um, they have very broad support for it because I think yeah. informed Canadians realize what's going on. Thank you so much for that. We are just about out of time, but Hi-Fi, you got something you want to say? Uh, a, I'm stealing the word Tatushki. I love that. That's, awesome. <laughs> That's uh, one of the tweets I retweeted from him today. Yeah. Uh, the second thing is, um, let's you and I talk after the show, because I think I found some of the people who are funding the Ottawa Tatushki. Mm -hmm. And I've got some information for you. You might want to pass on to your member of parliament. We'll talk okay. about that after. Wonderful. Oh, I have, my gosh. A, I have a last yes, question. Jim. Uh huh. Um, what? So, so just tying these these subjects together, Ukraine and what's happening in Ottawa, mm -hmm. and what's about to happen in the U.S. They're planning something for March fifth, I think, is mm -hmm. is when they're going to do it. Um, it it sure feels like a bigger plan by Putin to start to disable, you know, uh, his enemies like America. He's obviously got an enormous amount of active measures going on here. Yeah. Do you have a sense for what the plan is? Uh, it feels like he's starting to, you know, actually uh, do kinetic stuff in Europe and things really seem to be, uh, you know, starting to get more kind of physical here, like these, these kind of truck convoy, things um you know not to mention insurrections yeah do you have any any insight yeah. into what this what's in this guy's head right now i've always said that his focus is ukraine it's always been ukraine and as unflattering as it is to american viewers the united states is a side campaign wow. uh and i think putin was as surprised at his success in 2016 as wow. he was uh pleased uh with mm. it but anyway um i think that uh He's going after allies of Ukraine, the ones who have supplied arms. For example, even Canada, as much as we're able, we just delivered weapons uh, yesterday and are keeping doing it, the US, Britain, and so on. So he's targeting all these countries because he is mobilized for an offensive. I've been tweeting today about all, this, all the early signs of launching yeah. in a couple of days. That's his focus is, it's his offensive and to uh, distract uh, major allies of Ukraine as much as possible. That's his plan. Gotcha. It's, it's just hard. It's hard to believe that we're just the side hustle. <laughs> I mean, 
You know? Well, if, if you keep if you keep your I mean, you have an opponent and your opponent yeah. has backing. If you keep your opponent's backing on their back foot, if they keep yeah. them off balance, right. it's going to be easier to defeat your opponent. Here, right? Here's the thing. I think it was a side hustle until he got until he hit bingo. Yeah, in 2016. Yeah, it was. All I he think, ever I think for, I think when when he got Trump in the United States more than that. weaken it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And he then, wants to weaken us, yeah. Yeah, weaken, and you can weaken it with chaos because he's a KGB agent. Exactly. He's, he's not interested in good things for Russia. He's interested in bad things to his enemies. That's right. There we go. Thank you. That's Thank right. You for that. Oh my gosh! Wow, I am so grateful. Once again, I always feel like the time goes so fast, and we have so many more things we'd love to ask you. But we do ask that you would join us again. Um, I'm sure that things are going to be moving uh, very quickly and having you as such a clear-headed translator uh, is very, very reassuring for me. Well, thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be on and to talk about these things and to make the connections with you guys. Thank would you, you so me, very would much. Would you do me one favor? Would yeah. you keep an eye out for Eric Prince's Blackwater and Prigozhin's Wagner over <laughs> in the Ukraine? I, I want to keep an eye on those guys. I don't trust them. Wagner are already there, and I'm very sorry to say that they have already started to execute uh, operations against civilians in Luhansk. Oh, so um, I, I'm just very saddened about what I'm seeing in the last few hours. Well, because you are the dispatch that we all need, can you just give everybody your Twitter account so people can follow things happening in real time? Sure. It's at MHMCK. All right. Well, we will include that also in the information that we send out. Thank you so much for your time. It's been uh, incredibly insightful and illuminating. And uh, we look forward to seeing you again. Thank you, Heidi. Thank you. Thanks so much. Wow. That was amazing. Wow. Yeah, oh, I know. That guy I know. Is, is the word. Like he's, he's just very, very right exactly to the point. Exactly as you said. Can I just tell you guys that I feel like this show gets the best guests ever. All right. I mean, I'm thrilled. I'm trying to find this video that I wanted Sean to end on because um, here it is. I'm going to resend it to you right now uh, if that's possible. Uh, uh, th this video that I'm sending Sean right now has brought me so much incredible joy. Um, and I don't know if you guys already have seen it or not. Um, oh, was this the... In there's Ottawa? a guy in Ottawa. Yeah, he's who, awesome. Who is just some random dude who's just banging a pot to annoy the people who are part of this active measure that we were just talking about. He's just banging a pot. And all like the truckers and the people who support the truckers who've been honking and wreaking havoc and doing just stupid shit you know, for days on end, are so annoyed by him. And he just brought me exquisite joy because he's one guy on a street corner banging a pot uh, in order to uh, make his point that these people are all freaking idiots. And he did it so it, well. It, look, it, it, that's information warfare, right? Yeah, right. And, and honestly, we got to start fighting it. I'm, yes. I'm sorry to say it, uh, but... Yes. but we cannot be these passive little little units anymore. We're just watching them encroach on everything that we care about. Yeah. Like we have got to start fighting back. 
And it's hard. Trust me. I'm a fucking casualty right now. I'm getting my Twitter back to watch. <laughs> I, know I just I are. just wonder what the fuck our government is doing. Like I, I some of the people in our government have to be seeing this and understanding it. Oh. But then I see these idiots on both the left and the right, like, oh, let's That's... just let Putin have Ukraine. Let's not worry about trucker convoys. Well, we know let's... who they're working Shut for. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. Well, they're, they're not working for America. They're clearly uh, no. part, part of Putin's fifth column. Yeah, it's, talked it, about I, last week. They need to start doing what they did with what they're doing with Ukraine, which is mm-hmm. just saying what they know, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's all they did. And, and it's so refreshing to actually, you know, have a government telling you what is going on right they sh- they need to do that here too they well they to also say, look the, the these are active measures yes. you know and and the doj is just still dicking around and well and, oh, i gotta sorry. say what one thing that i that i want to point out is that um i sent you guys the article this morning about how u.s officials are actually getting out in front of uh putin's disinformation narrative they're they're calling out his false flag operations they're basically yes. calling out how he, you know, the potential of him, uh, the Russian authored chemical assault designed to look like Ukrainian aggression, a fake movie plot. They called that out. That What that does is that that deflates the effort. It deflates the active measure. So but why, keep why on getting ahead of it. Why don't they call out pandemic? Yeah. Well, why don't right? they call out the but, fact well, that on, Bernie Sanders, Josh Hawley, and people, fucking Tucker Carlson you're talking the same shit about Ukraine. Yeah. How many people has pandemic killed? Yeah. Right? 900,000. Thousands of people easily right. from right. from like getting mind fucked that that you know Fauci is the devil and whatever. Yes. Right? right, our government right. needs to do the same thing all day uh, long. that they were doing about that false flag video about yeah. this false flag video that's killing Americans, right? And all the rest of the bullshit and Tucker Carlson too, right? Well, definitely join us as we actually do as much exposing of this stuff. We we are for people who are trying to keep Putin off balance by doing the type of work that we're doing. And I'm very proud of us. And I'm proud of this episode today. Can, can we make sure that one thing gets to Putin? Hey, Putin, you're a mentally ill little bitch who's going to get his ass kicked. <laughs> Fuck you, bud. All right. I- <laughs> My bad. Uh, I think we'll probably cut that in post. You know? No, leave it. Hell leave it. <laughs> the hell we will. The, this quit. is how if we this, cut the, that. I quit. This is how the show works. Heidi, you know, gets overruled, and it's cool. I stick with my guys. You want to keep that in there? Go for it. You know, team spirit smells like team Fuck spirit. You, Putin. You know what? Yeah, man, I've lost a lot of sleep over this. So, okay, I'm going to go in with the double barrel. Fuck you. There we go. (laughs) All right. uh, That felt good. Um, So, Connor, um, we don't have a digital descent because um, Tooth survives. So I was... (laughs) That's right. (laughs) That was not my joke. That was uh, Hi-Fi's... Connor, once again, is showing what a true um, warrior he is by working through agony over a busted tooth. So we love you, Connor. Tooth survives. Tooth Tooth survives. Not this one. Not that one. (laughs) That one one didn't. 
I love this show and I love you guys and I feel like we're making a difference and thank you again uh, to our patrons and away we go till next week. Cheers. Thank you.